I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Yes, they are. Mr. Osteroff of a big appearance yesterday at the Beaver County Times Home and Garden Show at the Community College of Beaver County. Today, where Andy was yesterday, he'll be at the North Hills Home Show at the Wildwood Sports Complex, Allison Park, 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock is the time, and it is an absolutely free event, so get out and enjoy yourself. Jessica is here as well. We want to hear from you at 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank, Instant Access, kdkradio.com, Texas on the Red Automotive Line, best deal in town. Spring here, lots of ideas, lots of plans, so we need you to get on the phones and get ready to give them a call. Also a place that Doug has been spending a little time out of late, Janoski's. We've got a gift certificate from them within the half hour, but right now we begin. Randy Sorgel and the great folks at Sorgel's in Wexford, 10 caller wins a gift certificate at 922-1020, 412-922-1020. So here they are, ladies and gentlemen, he, of course, from everybodygardens.com, both from the Tribune Review, it's Doug Oster and it's Jessica Walliser. Good morning, I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. So I was at the Beaver County Home Show yesterday and on my way home, I stopped by Janoski's because I was actually there earlier in the week doing a video about how to start seeds. And it's so funny. We've been starting seeds for a long time, <laughs> but when you sit with somebody like Steve Janoski, who's does this every day, <laughs> I mean, a million seeds, seriously, a million seeds, you learn something. <laughs> and I learned a lot. Yeah. You think like growing seeds, you're like, yeah. ah, well, you plant them and you got it like it, right? But so, it is so nuanced, there, isn't there it? To, there to make the video, but I couldn't leave with all the good stuff I like to take because I was going somewhere else and then going to be out all night another gig so I, I couldn't have the produce so I snuck in there after my beaver appearance to try and get in get my stuff and get out but I got caught and there's because Patty's always like oh no that's this percent off that's I'm like Patty stop it I, I came in to pay my due you know I get all sorts of cool stuff there made uh, made spaghetti sauce yesterday with a bunch of tomatoes from there and nice when uh, Steve was showing me around the farm, he showed me these new things he's doing. And in uh, like plastic trays, you would know it as a bulb crate. But, you know, how big are those? A couple feet by a mm-hmm, foot mm-hmm. filled with soil. Radishes and these little Parisian carrots. They're like a little round carrot that is super sweet. And he gave me a couple. And so they had them in the market. So I bought a couple bunches So they're growing them in the greenhouse in those yeah, plastic crates. Yeah, yeah. And crates. has spinach already oh, out cool. coming out of there. and. All sorts of stuff, so it's fun to get some fresh produce. That's, that's actually really sure. a clever way to grow those baby carrots yeah. like that and yeah. radish like that. So yeah, it's yeah. like a they were stacked. Yeah, you had a, so like a uh, like yeah, a eight inch right. deep plastic crate, mm-hmm. like a like a, they they would use to carry bread or something like that. Right, and then you had it lined with something. I think, and then filled, filled with, with soil. soil, and then there's just filled. Right you can next, plant real densely right, when real you're th- like that. With those yeah. little carrots and radishes and. On the side was all the spinach and that lettuce. We just all- gave his secret away. Oh, I don't think it's a big <laughs> secret. He let me uh, take pictures and put it online. Okay, so got it's, good. it's not that secret. So that was fun. Um, forsythia blooming. 
Uh, yes, and so there's that, your sign. Right, that is a sign for organic weed control. Uh, why don't we talk about that when we get back from the uh, the first break? But corn gluten meal, we got a lot to talk about that. But that that's a great organic weed control. Um, and then I did something that you didn't get a chance to do yesterday. Garden. No, sit in the garden. Oh, sit in the garden. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do either yesterday. Because uh, I, w- I was looking at these happy accidents. I put these crocuses in. Oh, man. It's just so nice to see crocuses, and I, and they're beautiful purple, and they're I you know, one daffodil was sprouted up in between them. So you had this beautiful yellow daffodil with all these purple crocuses. Again, happy accident. And then the Japanese pieris was in full bloom, and when the wind would blow, just that gentle fragrance that they oh, have. They're so lovely. Oh. Yeah, they're so lovely. Uh, only thing blooming in my garden right now are my hellebore. I have some pink hellebore that are in full. Beautiful blue. You know, I got to look at my hellebores, but I also thought of you because uh, the uh, pushkinias mm-hmm. came up. Last year, I had pushkinias for the first year. I didn't know what they were, and I had to show Jessica a picture. And Oh, man, I love that plant. They're man. really cool, aren't they? From a little bulb, and it's just like a little white, white, creamy white flower with blue stripes. And, oh, man, I was taking pictures of them yesterday. It was fun. I've got these daffodils in the front of the house that always come up too early, uh, they should be okay today, but like last year, they came up, bloomed, and then it got really cold, and they were just laying down on the sidewalk, mm. but resurrected when it got warmer, and they just looked so good yesterday. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see all the color. No daffodils for you yet, huh? No, none yet, but I tell you what, I was watching, uh, so a good friend of ours is a garden writer. Her name is Marianne Wilburn, and uh, she has a blog called The Small Town Gardener, and she's in Virginia, and she posted a video yesterday uh, that reminded me of you, and I thought, oh, you would be so proud of Marion because <laughs> she was using her planting auger, like the bulb planting auger that you you use uh, pl- for planting all your bulbs so quickly in the fall, and she was using it, and she was tucking in little potted containers of bulbs in mm. her garden because mm-hmm. she wanted a splash of color. So she was using the auger, a short little hand one, you know, not the big, long, tall one, and using it to make the holes and then sinking these little pots of the tete-a-tete daffodils and little mascari pots in her garden. I was like, that's a very clever what's, use. What's a tete-a-tete? It's a, just a little tiny miniature daffodil. Oh, okay. I guess that's a, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right, but it's a French expression right. where like head-to-head or like a two-person conversation or something, I think it means. I was at Phipps and I thought that's what I was looking at. Uh, how do you pronounce it? I say tete-a-tete. Tete. I, I thought it was tete but I could tete-a-tete. be wrong. That's, I don't know. That, no, tete sounds good. <laughs> I don't know the, French. They were a little one called Lucifer, and then I've got some little ones. Oh, the mini daffodils are yeah, adorable. Yeah, I don't even know what the variety is. I like but... min- the one called Minnow is just, oh my goodness, it's so cute. Did you see the new greenhouse at Janoski's? I did. I was you think of that? I actually posted a picture of it. Yeah, nice. very cool, very cool. And you know what? They got something in the back there that uh, cheapskates like me would really want. <laughs> what is it? They got last year's seeds all on sale back in that little greenhouse. It connected to the farm market expansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Oh, yeah. I knew you would like I it. I got all sorts of stuff there. Wouldn't you like to have that at your house? That greenhouse? Yeah, man. Uh, I just got... Mine's bigger. <laughs> is it? <laughs> not no, as, it's not. Not, a, not as nice. No, it's no, not. not as, it's it, not as is big. Is it that big, no, though? No, he's pulling your leg. <laughs> Green <laughs> acres His greenhouse is isn't even as big as the studio. So, what, half of the size of the I studio? I could live in that. It's beautiful. 12 man. by 12. Yeah. What's the story about people who live in glass houses? Or right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't live under trees. Yeah, right. All right, listen, uh, we're going to take a break. Congratulations to 
Uh, Mary from Beaver, winner of that gift certificate. Sorgo's getting ramped up too, I'm sure. Oh, right? indeed oh, they yeah. are. I was just there the other day too, myself. So, yes, no pie. Lots you could have bought me a pie. Lots of green. That would be bad by now. I think it was there on Monday or Tuesday. Oh, I could have put it in the freezer. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Doug and Jess would love to talk to you. Next hour, it's a slow cooker recipes. Get out that crock pot. We're going to be talking to Joan Franklin TC on the Coons Cooking Hour. Stay with us. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, Doug and Jess are back, and it's time to go to the phone. The first stop's going to be North Hills with Kay on the air with uh, Doug and Jess, the Organic Gardeners, KDKA Radio. Hey, Kay. Good morning. Uh, I had a question last week that I forgot to ask. I, we, I have uh, chipmunks, and they have eaten everything available, I think. I went online, and it says um, if you spray cayenne pepper and and um, chili, chili powder uh, in a, a water mix that or euca, uh, eucalyptus or peppermint oil to deter them. Do, have you ever heard of anything like that? I've heard of all kinds of things <laughs> like that, but in my experience, they're kind of a waste of money and time. Um, there's, I mean. Chip, the thing with chipmunks is you get rid of them, and the, if it's a welcoming area for them, there's just going to be a new batch that moves in. Like that, it, That's the challenge with them. It's funny, Kay, because we could see your question before you came on, and we spent <laughs> about five minutes sitting here talking <laughs> chipmunks and how, you know, we don't have the heart to, to kill a chipmunk. We just don't, we yeah. just don't, right. have it, don't have it in us. And Jessica has these rock walls. I have rock walls all, all through my property, and that environment... Yeah, that you know, but you, they there are some predators out there that yeah, like that and will... I w- I was talking off the air that we we have one section of our garden that w- there's a black snake that lives there in the one drain pipe that we have and so that area has no chipmunks whatsoever <laughs> because obviously the black snake is a predator of them so but what what you could try um, if you're going to try a repellent like that rather than mixing your own homemade concoction I would rather see you use a commercial animal repellent like Repelzol or um, Plant Skid or there's some other granular like get by a granular formulation of it and sprinkle it in the area where you see them um, you know they could just they'll probably just move to a new part of the garden depending on how large your garden is um, you could also I don't know about the legitimacy of like live trapping them but I've done yeah. that in the past um, mm. myself I always say if you, know, you get two out to move, to move in, in. <laughs> right, yeah. right. It, it, will, will it harm any of the other organic, like the worms or the other bugs? No, not not it? like a it, no, not that the granular okay. repellents are usually based on things like blood meal and egg solids and stuff like that. So I wouldn't worry too much about those in terms Did you of say animal egg salad. Egg solids. Egg solids. Oh, okay. egg sol- putrid egg solids. Which is All right, right make, make up your egg salad. We right. need to get rid of the chipmunks. <laughs> and the but, other but, thing to always do is plant resistant plants. So if you're going to plant bulbs there, don't plant crocus because they love crocus. Yeah, Instead, plant daffodils. Yeah, yeah. The pepper, the, if I try the cayenne pepper or any of those things, is that going to harm any of the other things? No, no. It it's won't. not going to. No, but I mean, I would be incredibly surprised if it actually works yeah and i'm i'm with just to always go go with something that commercially made that's been tested that we know is safe and and they work pretty well okay thanks so much for your call always great to talk to you just i want to get back to organic weed control 
you know, we see the forsythia bloom and we know, uh-oh, it's time to put the corn gluten meal on, but explain what corn gluten meal is and how it works and what a great weed control it is that's safe for us and the environment. Yeah, so corn gluten meal is a byproduct of the corn milling process, and it happens to have um, a quality about it that prevents seeds from germinating. So as the seed actually begins to germinate, it kills the initial root that emerges from that seed. And so when you use it, you use it as a preventative. So it's sort of like an organic version of the weed and feed because it also has uh, a high nitrogen content in it as well. So it also feeds your lawn. So we do not ever recommend using a chemical-based weed and feed um, as most of them are. There's some pretty seriously dangerous, dangerous. chemicals in there. Um, and so we, we want to avoid those. And so corn gluten meal is a good op- option for that. And in fact, the more years that you use it, and you always apply it in the spring when the forsythia are blooming, the more years in a row that you use it, the higher its efficiency rate is at preventing weeds from germinating. Now, it's not going to get rid of your existing dandelions or other weeds in your lawn, but it does it does help prevent new weeds from sprouting. So like it's a great crabgrass control. It's a great purslane control. Um, uh, you know, any new like bittercress or anything like that that's coming up in your lawn on a regular basis and you get that down, it will prevent new ones from germinating. And you, if you really want to see a great organic lawn, just, just drive by Phipps. You know, completely organic and beautiful and green. All right, Frank Coriopolis up next for Doug and Jess. Yes, good morning. Um, I just heard that uh, ladies trying to get rid of chipmunks, and you said the eucalyptus oil and all that doesn't work. Just trying to pass along something that does work for me. I have a little cage, and what it is, there's like a little swivel in the middle. It's a, like a little platform, and it's um, you, you just it's like, there's like a trip switch. It's very simple to do, very simple and very easy to work with. And I'll put like maybe one or two little Ritz crackers with peanut butter on it. And when he goes to grab the cracker, it tilts the platform and closes the cage. Then I just take him and take him out to the park or somewhere and let him, because I'm not going to kill him. There's no way I'm going to kill him. I don't, mm-hmm. Even if they cause damage, I'm not going to kill him. Wait, did I, see and, you, did I see you letting those go right at the bottom of my driveway? Oh, you caught me. <laughs> uh, that's why I didn't want to call. I knew you didn't. Because <laughs> well, uh, this way, it's a humane way. They're right. not hurt at all. They're a little scared while they're in the cage, but I get in the car, and I take them to the park. I let them go, and they just bounce along their merry way. And no chemicals, no nothing. Yeah. And I know the one, the one summer alone, I caught five of them. Yeah, that's... Five. I was going to say, after 1,000, what do you do? <laughs> right. Well, that, no, I don't have that many. But, right. I mean, it, it works for me very well. And, again, there's no chemicals, uh, yeah. nothing. Yeah. The issue... That, that we face when, Thanks, when recommending live trapping like that is that as people in the public eye, right, we have to be very careful about what we recommend because like the Pennsylvania Game Commission, it's technically illegal to, to catch and release a nuisance animal like that um, simply because of spreading pathogens from one area to the other. Yeah. So we have to be careful. Now, then what you, you have, choose then, to that, do, if it works right. for you, that's great, but it's something that we have to be careful then about Then you also have to consider what the Humane Society is telling us, that you know, you're know you splitting up a family and that sort of thing. So yeah. you, you got to think about that. For me, yeah. for chipmunks, it's it, you, I just live with them. You know? yeah. I, I hate when they get into the – when they the, see it, think a tomato is a berry or something. And they take that, a one bite and yeah, then the, – Yeah, that, that's a killer. Yeah. I hear you. I completely, yeah, they drive me a little bonkers. Too, All right, let's but. keep it here. We only have a minute to the break.
Uh, well, come see me today. I'm going to be at the North Hills Home Show. That's at the Wildwood Sports Complex near North Park. I'm giving away a subscription to my Seed of the Month Club, and I'm going to be talking all about getting a jump start on the garden and gardening organically. This is the first year for this show, so come out and see me. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's absolutely free. We'll be back. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Tenth caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate to two Janoskis, Route 30 in Clinton, 412-922-1020. Well, we wanted to welcome Plumline back to the show. It's awesome to hear their ad. Their ad played earlier in the in the show today and go way back with them. Great nursery. Uh, it was funny. I saw... Um, Micah, who who runs the the show there at the home show, and there was you know me, I'm always I can never remember names and stuff. I'm getting old, and he had a tree that we talked about like three years ago, and I said, yeah, it starts with this letter, and he's like, you know, just like you and I would be like if someone calls and says we have a plant and it's green, that's me, right? And so I was talking, and like and my next talk just before I started, he walked by and he yelled the name of it because <laughs> he just remembered it. So that's a that's an awesome nursery. I go you and then he remembered from three years yeah, ago yeah. a tree that you yeah. were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my one gosh! That, I said you remember the one? It's one where you you really love it, but you didn't sell a lot of them, and you know, it's just oh like my the, gosh. the completely obscure. Yeah, and <laughs> he remembered from it from three years ago. And wow. He remembered it and yelled it across. And Plumline, they're out in uh, the east, right? Out in east of the city. So if you live well. If you live anywhere in the Pittsburgh region, it's worth a trip. Of amazing trees and shrub collection yeah, there is just are, incredible. Got everything. Yeah. It's really and a wonderful family. You know, I've got to know the family over the years. I posted a story I wrote about them on my Facebook that you can take a look at. All right, let's talk some more gardening here. All right, tree, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hi, Did tree. You say tree. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, Planted some uh, impatience and begonias, and the uh, well, the other were okay. But the impatience lasted from about the middle of May or a little long later than that until August, and then they just died all of a sudden. So I must have had blight or some such thing. Yeah. And then I bought them from a place that claimed that the, <clears throat> they were treated so there would be no blight. Um, now, do I have to do something with the soil? Do I have to get rid of my soil? No. So here's the deal with impatience. So there is a pathogen that's pretty new to our area. It's called impatience downy mildew. And it's really wreaking havoc on the traditional impatience, impatience waldiana, which is like sort of the standard impatience that everybody grows. And that particular species is really susceptible to impatience downy mildew. I probably and, lost mine in September. Yeah. I mean, the plants look beautiful most of the season, then all of a sudden all the leaves drop off, they're bare sticks, uh, and it's just terrible. So there really is nothing that you can do or should do to your soil. Replacing the soil is not going to matter because this is a pathogen that's born on the wind. So the spores blow on the wind from one plant to another. They can travel for miles. So rather than planting traditional impatience in that planting bed, um, I, I would suggest for everybody across the region anymore to to plant resistant impatience or choose a different plant because the only plant that gets impatient downy mildew is impatience valeriana. So you want to do things like the sun patients. Sun patients are bred to be resistant 
to impatience, downy mildew. You could also do like begonias, caladiums, broalia, um, there's a, a, fuchsias. There's a variety of uh, impatient called bounce. Bounce, uh, any yep. Any New Guinea impatient. But the interesting thing about that, the pathogen is, I, I talked to the scientist from, from Ball, and I didn't know this, that it can be either soil-borne or airborne, and their data shows that, like you said, it's the airborne spores, which are the big problem for us. And they start down south, work their way up here, and by the time they get up here, now I'm still planting regular impatience and just, okay, I'm going to lose them. You're hedging your bets. I'm going to yeah. lose them in September. And and hopefully if we don't have such a wet year, you know, that's, that's part of it too, I think. Yeah. So yeah. the funny thing, you know, the disease has been around for a long time, but why it becomes virulent is is personally here's my little philosophy on that right so this is typically a pathogen that doesn't survive the winter in most cases oh. right mm-hmm. but now so ever all these nursery everybody used to always grow their plants in their nurseries right well now a lot of people are getting plants from big box stores well the big box stores they grow their plants a lot of times they come from southern regions right so they're bringing they're importing the plants from a region where something like impatience downy mildew is much more prevalent and they're bringing them up here so it introduces that pathogen earlier in the season because the plants are actually coming here possibly infected. So this for me is just another reason why when you go out shopping for plants, you go to a local nursery where they grow in their plants, you know, regionally, locally, even at their garden center, because then these pathogens that are typically, you know, more more Southern, and this is not true of all pathogens, but that is really important. And there's some different blights on our tomatoes and vegetable gardens that that can really affect as well. So it just goes back to that Buy local. Yeah, you know? no doubt. All right, let's take another call before the break. Let's uh, go to Ed in McDonald. Hey, Ed. Morning. Uh, I got teas for years, and, and uh, last year I got them from Agway. Last year I got these uh, tender sweet from another uh, seed company. I planted a hundred foot row, and about fifteen come up. I'd like to know. I watched Doug on uh, PTL. Yeah. This week he said wet them, but I'm not going to run them through a, a walk behind cedar. Okay, so you can't wet them if you're going to do them through a cedar like that. That and yeah. the other thing is uh, about this uh, uh, all stuff that they put on them. Uh, the inoculant, igniter or, ig- igniter or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's called inoculant. And, and yeah, so pea and bean inoculant is what it is. And you should always use it when you plant bean and pea seeds. Ideally, you should and I use never, it. I never remember to do it. You really, I mean, so you're using a lot of compost in your garden. So you probably have a lot of beneficial microbes already there. But what you're, what you're do what that pea inoculant does is it's adding a, the species of soil bacteria that literally inoculates the roots of members of the pea and bean family. And it forms these nodules on the roots of those plants that enable the plant to take nitrogen from the air and fix it or change it and convert it into a form that the plants can use for growth. And this is like a really unique trait in the pea and bean family. If that soil bacteria does not naturally exist in your soil, the peas and beans will not grow. So they might germinate and they're going to look really pitiful when they're young and they might die. They might grow, but be kind of puny. Um, 
And so the pea and bean inoculant is always a very good idea. So, but in a soil like Doug's where he's constantly adding compost. I mean, that's planted in pure compost. Yeah. I mean, you've grown peas and beans there before. So you probably already have that species of bacteria, good bacteria in your soil. Um, but anybody out there, I mean, especially if you have used a chemical fertilizer on your law, on your gra- uh, garden, excuse me, in the past, you're going to want to use pea inoculant and bean inoculant when you plant those plants because unfortunately those chemical salt-based fertilizers can kill those good bacteria that that inoculate the roots of the plants. The, so the, the, the only reason... To, go ahead. Are you supposed to keep, you supposed to keep it uh, wet when you put... The, you uh, wet the peas and, and run that through it or what? There's a couple different ways you can do it. You can wet the seeds and then put them in a bag, uh, like put the inoculant in a plastic bag, wet the seeds, and then put the seeds in the plastic bag and shake it up so that the inoculant sticks to the outsides of the seeds. But if you're going to use a seed row machine, like a seed planter machine like you are, what I would do is I would run the you know seed dropper machine down the row and then I would take the inoculant and sprinkle it down the length of the row so that it's actually in contact with that pea seed, but you're not having to coat each individual seed like it's hard when you're using a machine like that and mechanically so then you have to spray they also have liquid formulations of it too that you could spray down that row all right real quick do you leave your uh, bird feeders up all year that's a question right out of motive text message either one of you uh yeah definitely i do i i think it's important to feed the birds uh, the, they'll get what they want when when the season is right that you know they want to we want them to to feed on insects because that's what the the babies want but uh, a little extra support in the bird feeders won't hurt all right real quick dollar bank instant access flowers that uh, deers won't eat uh, either annuals or perennials that's a question <laughs> from kathy oh i got i got a list you're laughing oh i got I'm... a list too oh, but okay. but it is not a guaranteed list well, All, every yeah. everything that we will we will talk about yes in the most part they won't eat it but they might Right. You know, uh, I always tell the story. Mountain laurel is poisonous to them, but the young ones will eat the buds and go sleep it off and won't eat again, but they've already <laughs> got the buds. All right, bang them out. Let's okay, go Okay, so here's what's in my front garden. Um, nepeta, which is cat mint. Perennial. Nepeta, perennial, perennial, which per- is blooming. Perennial hibiscus. Okay. Uh, oh, we're alternating. I see. Uh, German bearded iris. Um, perennial sage or salvia. Heliopsis. Irises. Shasta daisies. Grasses. Oh, that's what I was going to say next. Um, Phlox subulata. That's the creeping phlox that stays real close to the ground. Don't even try the big, tall phlox. Just the low the low phlox. Uh, anemone. Oh, that's Windflower. a Oh, monarda, I'm, I'm which picture, is bee balm. I'm picturing my garden. When that picture fades, I'm, I'm going to be out of names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to take a short break. Come back. Lots more with Doug and Jess. Stay with us. KDK Radio. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, your phone calls are welcome at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. Texas on the Red Automotive uh, line, the best deal in town. Doug? Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. She's our grower, horticulturist, and our own garden goddess. Denise, what's blooming in your garden? Uh, Bittercress. <laughs> oh. oh, you know what? The, yeah, the, you're right. The Bittercress calls have started started. Yeah, I, I, I filled bags yesterday Ex- of it, and I still haven't even made it. Explain what it looks it. like, please. So it's a small um, rosette-type flower, or I'm sorry, uh, leaves, and then it has this teensy little white flower. Sometimes it'll have more than one, and as soon as you look at it, it pretty much shoots out hundreds of seeds, and it blooms pretty much year-round, except maybe in July when it's too hot for it. But I've found it blooming underneath snow. 
Ugh. Yeah, so you disgusting. do you have it in your lawn, in your flower beds, both? I mean, I I, I have it mostly in my lawn. Yeah. I do have some in. You, both of you have been here, so you know I live on a hill. So when the wind blows, it blows it <laughs> from the grass into my flower beds as well. So I'm battling it there. So your number one way to control it is. No, I've been handpicking it. Yep. And don't tell me to eat it, Doug, because if you want to eat it... I wasn't it, even going to go the there. <laughs> I, I, Mrs. Know-it-all, I knew better. I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to say it until you hung up. <laughs> but I did want to comment on the uh, lady who called about the impatience with the Donnie Mildew. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure you were there. <laughs> Anyhow, actually, um, the fungus does stay in the soil for three to five years, which is you know, unfortunate for us. But the good news is a couple of the breeders have actually uh, come up with an impatience, Walleriana, that is highly resistant to the point of almost immune to it. Uh, one is called Beacon, and that should be on the market this year. I'm not sure where they're going to be selling it or how broad you know the area is going to be that they're going to be selling it. And there's another one called Ixara, I-X-A-R-A, and that will be out next year. So there's hope because yeah. I had it at the park, and it just devastated everything. It's so sad, but it's so exciting when breeders are able to breed resistance into what is a really a favorite plant for so many gardeners. So that is good to know that there's some options, come, more options coming out on the market that is that same species of impatience and offers that same look. Because the sun patients are great. New Guinea impatience are great. They're resistant. They're not the same. Exactly. They don't look quite the same. So, yeah. Thank you. Beacon Thank you. and, okay, good. Thank Excellent. you, Mrs. Nodal. And you know what? Speaking of something in the future, they have a boxwood coming out that's blight resistant. But that's not till 2020. Okay. But so, also exciting. Yes. Because yes. Uh, the, we, the blight knockwood hasn't struck too quite too much around here yet but i know boxwood blight is going to be you know that when that arrives it's going to wipe out an awful lot of landscapes yep yep. so come out and see me today two o'clock north hills home show that's out at the wildwood sports complex near north park i'll be talking about organic gardening getting a jump on the season and giving away one of one of one subscription to my seat of the month club and then next saturday I will be at the Millvale Library 1 p.m. for another free event. Come out and see it. Come out and support Millvale. I love Millvale. My, my neighbors in Millvale always like to come there and, and talk gardening. We have a lot of fun. Isn't that where the Garlic King lives as that's well? That's the Garlic King of Millvale. Excellent. That's where we get our garlic from, and that's Excellent. where I get you some garlic. And some of my other friends, he grows it out in a, a farm out east somewhere, Ligonier or Latrobe or someplace like that. I've I'm been still out there. eating my garlic. We have a ton of garlic left. Uh, I was going to say that uh, I just ran out, and that's what I got. <laughs> I was at Janaski's, and I started picking out the, the good garlic, and I looked over, bargain, what, what, what is this, bargain center? <laughs> so I got it Bargain cheap. garlic. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. You know, I actually was just starting to smell garlic. In the room, yeah, yeah. That sauce I made from from Janoski's. Oh Oh. man, I I dosed it good.